Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What is going on, everybody? I'm your host, Michael. Welcome back to another episode of the 5050 Fantasy Football Podcast. Alongside me, I have my friend here, Mason. Say what's going on, everybody. Hello, fans. Thank you for tuning in to episode seven. We got uh, our second last divisional preview here today. Uh, we got a nice spicy division, I, I feel, for, for fantasy. We're going over the AFC North. I think a lot of fantasy implications are found in this division. It's one I'm really excited to get into with you, Mikey. Mm-hmm, buddy. I'm excited, man. Um, and today, not really much has happened in camp, Mace. So uh, I, I know you want to talk about one thing, so I'll let you start with the uh, – Episode one of Hard Knocks. Yeah, so. episode one of Hard Knocks came out last night. Got me a little fired up, not going to lie. Makes me uh, makes me feel pretty good about my Lions uh, Super Bowl championship in the next five-year wow. prediction. That's... Dan, Dan Campbell's a leader, man. Dan Campbell is an absolute leader. He's out there doing workouts with his team. The team seems to respect him. I don't know. I, I'm actually really liking just the, the chemistry I'm seeing out of that Lions team. Are they going to be good this year? Absolutely not. But uh, like I mentioned in the NFC North uh, preview, I think they've just built the team right. Um, obviously, no quarterback play there yet, but their trenches are looking strong. Their coaching staff is saying that Aiden Hutchinson's an absolute lock to be a superstar. They're saying that, that they hit on that one. So I don't know how much you could tell it of training camp. Obviously, they're liking the work ethic they're seeing out of him. But Lions, man, they're a team to watch in the next couple of years. But uh, aside from that, like Mikey said, Really not much to talk about in terms of training camp today. So let's get right into the AFC North division preview. I'm going to turn over to my boy Mikey uh, to let him fanboy all over Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals for you. Oh, you want to go with Bengals first? Yeah, I, I want to hear best, you just... Best for first? Okay. Yeah, let's I go mean, right at it. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl, and it was not really expected out of the AFC. I think everyone kind of had Chiefs or Bills. And then they had to face up each other against each other. Sadly, that should have been the AFC championship game, but uh, it wasn't. And, and no disrespect to Cincy because they obviously beat 
uh, KC. But, I mean, you look at this team, it's, in my opinion, the best wide receiver duo in the NFL, not really close. T. Higgins really hasn't had time to shine. And I think this year people will really see that he is an elite wide receiver. Uh, never really had a chance to play with Burrow until last year. Uh, obviously because of the ACL last year to Burrow. And then this year, even T Higgins had a few injuries at the start of the year. So he never really had time to get rolling. He never had a full training camp with Burrow. And I think that once Burrow gets healthy again uh, from his minor uh, injury, uh, they'll get rolling. And, you know, it, it's a team to really be excited to watch if you're a Cincy fan. Um, not only is an electric offense, but I also really like their defense. Um, they have a great line. Uh, but we're not going to talk about defense today. Uh, we're here for fantasy and fantasy only. Uh, Joe Burrow, um, when we go over our quarterback rankings, Mace, um, everyone's going to see that me and you are very high on him compared to many other sites. Um, but we're not going to spoil where we have him at yet. Uh, but again, for him, I mean, I'm just no, – I don't like to say I target quarterbacks, but if he's there at the 5-6 for me, that's an instant lock um, in every league. Um, I just think that those receivers, the weapons he has, um, he's just an elite quarterback. And I, I think they're, like you said um, to me, like I, I really do think they're going to try to emulate that LSU offense. And who does that benefit? It benefits the three receivers because you can't discount Tyler Boyd. Um, and it also just benefits Joe Burrow. And then after all of that, you still got Joe Mixon there, um, who's still a first-round pick in fantasy. So you have two offensive first-round picks in fantasy a borderline third round um, end of second, third round, maybe depends on how high you are on them. Uh, and you got Joe Burrow. So that's, that's elite offensive talent um, there, but Mace, I, I know you got a special bond for this one guy. So I, I want to hear you talk about Jamar Chase. Yeah. I'm, I'm all over Jamar Chase this year, man. I, I don't think there's a wide receiver in the NFL with a higher ceiling. That doesn't mean he's my wide receiver one. He's way down at my uh, wide receiver two spot right now. Um, but just that ceiling to me is something that you're not getting with any other player, including running backs this season. He genuinely, it, in, it is in the realm of possibility, in the realm of outcomes to me, that he goes for 1,800 yards and probably about 15 touchdowns. I don't think that is an absolutely insane thing to say. And I don't think I can really say that about any other wide receiver in the NFL this year. So I'm all over Jamar Chase. Again, I don't have him at my number one slot. As we get uh, more into our, our draft strategy episodes, I'll let you know who I've got at that number one. But <clears throat> as of right now, Jamar Chase, my wide receiver too. He's a little riskier, I think, than some of those other elite wide receivers. The, the Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson. Um, I think he's probably a little more risky than those guys has a little bit of a lower floor just due to T Higgins being a superstar right beside him. And also the fact that Jamar chase, isn't a huge volume guy. He, he had, I think it was 18 yards per reception last year. So that always allows for a, a lower floor when you're not getting the high volume of receptions like those other guys are getting. So that's my one concern, but really I don't see anyone with the ceiling of chase. Um, but in regards to T Higgins as well, the guy I just mentioned his, his running mate at wide receiver there, I've got him at 14. So mm -hmm. two wide receivers on one offense for me in the top 14. I don't know if I've ever had that before. Um, it, interesting enough, I actually have it with a, another set of wide receivers as well with uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. So to me, those are definitely the, the most high flying wide receiver rooms. 
uh, out, out of the entire NFL and maybe that we've seen in the last few years. And then yeah. you look at that running back room, there is, there's Chris Evans, Marjorie P. Ryan, but genuinely there's nobody touching the role of Joe Mixon on this team. He is the clear bell cow running back. And for me, it makes him kind of the opposite of a Jamar Chase. To me, Joe Mixon is, aside from Jonathan Taylor, the safest running back you can get this year. You look at the other elite guys. You got Christian McCaffrey, obviously the injury troubles. Najee Harris, rookie quarterback, or Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. Um, Austin Eckler has had injuries in the past, and they just brought in Spiller to lower his workload. Henry's got his injuries. Aaron Jones um, is looking to be moving into a little bit more of a split backfield. Swift has his injuries. Kamara suspension. You go on and on. All these running backs have some sort of red flag about them. And I don't see a single red flag with Mr. Joe Mixon this season. He's on an elite offense. He, we know he has all the talent in the world. He has the pass catching ability. He's got nobody breathing down his neck. To me, Joe Mixon is a guy that as long as you're not taking him over Jonathan Taylor, I wouldn't argue with you taking him over anyone else. If someone told me Joe Mixon is their RB2 this year, I've got no problem with that ranking whatsoever. I'm all over Joe Mixon. Uh, and then Joe Burrow, I, again, I've said it in other previews. I personally don't see any need to grab a quarterback early. But for me, I'm, I'm in the same books as you, Mikey. If I was going to do it, if I was going to grab a QB in those mid-rounds, the five, six, seven area, Joe Burrow would be my target. He, he is the one guy to me that has that QB1 potential and a game-breaking potential that actually makes it worth the shot. Um, aside from him, I don't see anyone else like that. So I, I am all in on Burrow. I don't think I'm going to get a lot of him this year just because I'm not willing to jump up and overpay for a QB. But that does not take away from the fact that I am massive on Joe Burrow as well this year. And just overall, this offense in general, I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and I, I got a question for you, Mace. Do you see a world where Joe Burrow is a top three fancy quarterback this year? I do. I do. Because I've got, uh, right now I've got Mahomes as my QB three. Yeah. And I'm really not confident in that. And then you look at the guys below, below that, mm -hmm. I don't see anyone with the upside. Again, it, it kind of, it get, it's kind of the same thing as, as Jamar Chase. Yeah, there's definitely safer guys. Then Joe Burrow, to me, Kyler Murray's safer, Lamar Jackson's safer, Tom Brady's safer. They've got that floor built in that Burrow might not have, but I don't think any of those guys have the potential that Burrow does. Joe Burrow, to me, is the only guy outside of Allen Herbert. And I don't even know if I'd put Mahomes in there anymore without Tyreek, to be honest. I think the only three quarterbacks that could finish QB1 this year are Allen, Herbert, and Burrow. Yeah, I would agree. It's just, I mean, I think people... Like, Burrow didn't really have the highest fantasy year last year, and I think that kind of gets um, kind of swept under the rug a little bit. But you look at his games, like, towards the end of the season, and I remember uh, I had to play against him, unfortunately, in that week 16 uh, against the Chiefs when he had, like, 39, 45 fantasy points or something crazy like that. And those weeks, like, he looked like the Joe Burrow at LSU. And it's only going to get better, and I think that that – those last few weeks was when he was fully confident in the guys that was around him. And if it's a full year thing where he and T Higgins and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd can play to their full potential. I, I don't see how he can't emulate Patrick Mahomes numbers from 2019. 
that 5,050, those numbers, I could see it. I, I really could. And I just think that that's why he's not ranked as high. I, I just, I personally don't find, I, I find it crazy that Kyler Murray, they have over him. I get the rushing upside, but like the weapons that Joe Burrow has and the elite talent that he is, it just doesn't really make sense to me. But I, I, I don't want to talk about rankings too much because obviously that's what we're going to talk about after our division previews. Uh, we only got two more. So um, as far as the Bengals, do you have anything else to add before we move on? Anything, that's everything, man. Everything? I, I think we yeah. capped that as well. I'm, I'm ready to move on. We started with the best, and I want to now go to the worst. Let, let's, let's hit up the Cleveland Browns. Oof. All right, man. Well, let's, let's get it out of the way. All right. Well, obviously, the, the big red flag here is Deshaun Watson. Um, we It was seeming going to be six games, but now we have no idea. Uh, the NFL and Roger Goodell is appealing that case. And we just kind of heard today, actually, one of the bigger things today that came out. I don't know if you saw this, Mace, but supposedly Cleveland's interested in trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, this is an interesting take because not only did they just trade every draft pick for the next 15 years for Deshaun Watson, but now they're going to have to trade another asset for Jimmy Garoppolo for this matter of time. I don't know why. Like, do, do you really see a huge, a massive difference if they were to keep Jacoby at the QB1 or Jimmy? I I don't. And you know what? I, I shouldn't say I don't see a difference in this offense going and getting Jimmy because obviously Jimmy Garoppolo is a much better quarterback than Jacoby Brissett. But kind of my thinking on it is, do they really feel that it's that much of an upgrade that it's really going to make them be a contender? That That's where I am. I don't think this roster is good enough to just add Jimmy Garoppolo and all of a sudden be a contender. I don't think that's going to happen. So if you have to go out and mortgage more draft picks to go and get them, I just don't see it being worth it. Um, I, I get the concern with Watson because I've... I've heard that Goodell is pushing for an indefinite suspension, which would obviously be earth you imagine? That you would imagine? Be, that would be that the would most be Cleveland Browns thing of all time. Yeah. So we don't know what's happening with him. And you know what? If that comes out and, yeah, Watson's out indefinitely this season for sure, maybe next season, go get Jimmy. Go get Jimmy because you can't count on Deshaun ever coming back. But for right now, it's sitting on a six-game suspension. We can't assume anything. I'm thinking it probably gets moved up to eight, maybe 10 games. And I just don't think it's worth it to give up probably another third round pick, maybe a third and fourth to go get Jimmy. I don't think it makes sense. Um, when you move into the, the backfield here, a lot of rumbling about Kareem Hunt requesting a trade. Mm -hmm. Before training camp, I know he was a, uh, it, there was a lot of talk about him potentially being a candidate to get cut. It doesn't look like that's going to happen now. Personally, I'd love to see him in Philadelphia. I think Kareem Hunt in Philadelphia would be an awesome fit. That's kind of my dream landing spot for him. And it, it does make sense for Cleveland as well. There's really no need to have Kareem here. They've got Ernest Johnson, who can kind of go into that more receiving back role along Nick Chubb. And then they got rookie Jerome, Jerome Ford as well. So they've got lots of running back depth. If they can get even a fifth round pick for Kareem Hunt, just get some value back. I think it makes sense for them to pull the trigger on that. Um, in, in terms of that, that wide receiver room, I'm actually, I'm kind of up on Amari Cooper, man. I just think he's really the only guy that's going to be demanding targets. He's the only guy that 
has the skill and isn't a rookie. I like David Bell a lot, but I, I, I don't see him being good right out of the gate, especially with Jacoby Brissett likely at quarterback. So David Bell to me is a little bit of a project because he's not a great athlete. It's going to take a little more time for him to refine his game because that's where he's going to excel is once he really gets that route running down and really starts to understand the game at an NFL level and starts dicing guys up in the slot. You usually see when guys break out as rookies, it's because they're just freak athletes. So I do like David Bell for dynasty purposes a whole bunch, especially if Deshaun Watson's just out for a portion of this year. But for redraft purposes, with Watson out probably more than half the season, I just don't see any real upside for him. But someone's going to have to be catching the ball on this team, and it's going to be Amari Cooper. He's going to be the guy that's getting open the most, and I could see kind of like a, a Brandon Cooks type season for Amari Cooper. It's going to be super gross drafting him. You're going to feel really gross putting him in your lineup. But I think he's just going to consistently put up numbers due to the volume he's going to get. So I think we're going to get some Brandon Cooks treatment here for Amari Cooper. Just a really talented wide receiver on a terrible offense that's down a lot and needs to throw the ball. So I've got no problem with Amari Cooper. I know a lot of guys are fading him with, with the Deshaun Watson news, but I, I think Cooper is quarterback proof. He has been good with anyone he's played with, and I think that's going to continue. And I can see the guy getting double-digit targets over and over and over. I 100% agree with you. I, I'm not high on Amari Cooper, per se, but I do get what you're saying. Um, bad team. They're going to be down a lot. Uh, the volume speaks for itself. Uh, but just to go back to the Sean Watson thing, uh, three firsts, a third, a fourth, and a fifth. So that was the package they traded for Deshaun Watson. And oh my goodness, if 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 he actually gets suspended indefinitely, I that would probably be the biggest sports move of all time. Especially not that to mention the guaranteed money and the guaranteed not, money. Like yeah, yeah. I I'm so, just interested here, Mikey. Yeah. With uh with Amari Cooper because I'm thinking I might be a lot higher on him than most people. So can we play a little game here where we just go through a couple guys? Sure. And see who you would take. So these are all guys that I would draft Cooper over. And yeah. I'm interested to see where you stand on them. So first guy, I would take Cooper over Deontay Johnson. Agree. Agreed? Okay. Uh, next one. Uh, Deontay, or sorry, uh, Chris Godwin. Disagree. Disagree. You take Godwin? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go one more here. No, I'm going to do two more. Okay. One is... Uh, DK Metcalf. Mm, that's a tough one because it's similar situation. Yeah. It's like the same two uber talented guys. But I think I would say I would just give it to DK because I think he's just a bit more talented. And okay. just the yak ability, right? Like if he, he can break a big run, he, he's got that big playability that I don't know. Yeah. So DK yeah, that's, probably. That's fair. Okay. And the last one, I think this is probably, probably the hottest take. I would take Amari Cooper over Terry McLaurin. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know about that one. I think I'd still go Terry. Terry? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. You know what? So you're you're high on Cooper though still. So you've well, still got Cooper as like a, yeah. a wide receiver too. I, I wouldn't say I'm low on Cooper, but I, I just I don't know. It's it's just an awful team and we don't know who the QB will be. It's just yeah. it, it's not an appealing pick for me. But I just kind of have seen that last few days that Wentz and McLaurin are kind of – they're working out really well together. I know it's Carson Wentz, but still, like, McLaurin's good enough to kind of 
fill in for Wentz's lack of talent, right? Yeah. Um, but I agree. Like, if we get back to the Browns now, like, cre- the Cream Hunt, Nick Chubb thing, it, it's just, it's two guys that could be huge fantasies, like, players on every team, and they both are. But, like, if they're the main guy, and I agree, if they, if Cream Hunt went to Philly, I would, that would be the most ideal, uh, landing spot. Um, sort of all those Miles Sanders fanboys out there, but, uh, they, they aren't the same, these two guys. Uh, we saw what Cream Hunt can do. So I would totally agree. Um, and I'm, I'm, it's, it just really sucks for the Browns because I think they have a great defense, like fantastic, but it's just every year. It just seems like they just can't one stay healthy or B just get quarterback play. And it's just, I don't know. It's sad. And to be honest with you, there's not many guys here, but Hey Mace, we, if you want, you can now go on your rant about David and Joku. I, I was actually, I was just about to bring him up. Okay. I was so just go about ahead. To bring him up. I'll sit back. I am. I am getting real sick Mikey of every single tight end breakout video or podcast I listen to hearing the name David Njoku. I am so so confused as to why people still think he could he even has the potential to be a good NFL tight end. I'm I'm truly confused by it. The guy's never broken 500 yards in a season. And I, I get that's with Baker, but Baker's not a bad quarterback. He's a whole lot better than Jacoby Brissett. So I am, I'm saying this, just PSA. David Njoku is not a breakout candidate this year whatsoever. Do not take the shot on him. He's my tight end 22. So maybe if you're in a, a tight end premium, you take him as your backup if you're waiting till the absolute end. But I plead. Do not draft David Njoku. He is not going to break out this year. He's a super athletic dude, and that's the extent of it. He's not a good NFL tight end. He's not going to be. It's time we move on from this guy. He's He's been considered a breakout candidate every year of his career. Every single year. Oh, this is the year for David Njoku. This is the year. We need to stop. We need to stop this hopeful thinking and just move on. David Njoku is a bust. It is what it is. Don't draft him. Unless he is tight end 22 and your life will be easier. Do not draft David Njoku. Thank you. That's your TED talk for the day. That's my TED talk. Um, yeah. You know, and you know what? I agree. It's just, he just gives me so much like PTSD to Evan Engram. Like they're just kind of like the same guy yeah. that they're uber athletic guys, but they just cannot play football. It seems and it's sad. Um, but I mean, I'm never going to draft them ever. So it, it won't really affect me, but um, yeah. you, you warning people, I would agree. And I think we can move on and just, yeah, we can. One last thing I'm going to say is I'm really much looking forward to Baker's revenge season. Uh, week wait. one, week one Browns Panthers. I'm going to be watching that game for sure. So that'll be fun. Uh, two more teams. Let's uh, let's save the Ravens for last Mace. Let's go to the Steelers. Yeah. So start let's off. Yeah. Yeah, this is a team that worries me. A lot of a lot of talented weapons, but I'm just worried about this team overall. Trubisky, I think he's better than what we saw in Chicago, 100%. I think that year with Buffalo, he definitely he definitely developed a lot behind Josh Allen. I think he learned a lot. Um, so I think Trubisky, he'll be fine. He'll be a re- replacement level quarterback. But I do worry about the damage he does to the weapons around him. Najee Harris is already 
not a super efficient guy last year. And maybe Mitch helps him with that because it is true. Ben Roethlisberger really couldn't air it out last year. So it did allow defenses to sit in the box a little more. So Naj could maybe get a little bit of a benefit from Mitch Trubisky. Um, but Deontay Johnson to me is a guy that is severely, severely hurt by the, the departure of Big Ben. He was Big Ben's guy. And Big Ben always liked those smaller, just shifty, good route runners. So that does concern me. Deontay Johnson clearly was just Ben Roethlisberger's favorite. You could tell by just the absolute uber amount of targets that he got from him. And I'm I'm concerned that Mitch Trubisky is going to be a little more of uh, a big kind of jump ball guy. Those quarterbacks that struggle with accuracy like Mitch Trubisky tend to like to throw to bigger wide receivers. It just gives them a bigger target, more room for error, and he happens to have two really big dudes out there uh, on the outside with Chase Claypool and George Pickens. Uh, so I'm not really big on either of those guys either because I can really see that just being split between the two of them who's getting those deep balls. Um, I'm not huge on anyone in this wide receiver room. Obviously, value is value, man. Uh, if you get Deontay Johnson at the right price, you go get him. Same with George Pickens and Chase Claypool. I, I said it right this time. Chase Claypool. There we go. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm not reaching for any of them. It's just too much, too much that we don't know about. And I think Kenny Pickett, even if he comes in, it's going to be kind of the same deal. He's going to want to throw those big boys to give himself some room for error. So it's going to be a lot of Chase Claypool and George Pickens this season. How efficient they are with those targets, I don't know. That's yet to be seen. But Deontay Johnson is a guy that I think his numbers are super inflated due to the targets he was getting. Don't get me wrong. He's obviously an amazing wide receiver to be getting those targets in the first place. But I just don't think that's going to be sustainable with Trubisky or Kenny Pickett at quarterback. Uh, but Najee Harris, to me, he's he's right up there with Joe Mixon in terms of security at the running back position. He proved last year he didn't have to be efficient to be productive and put up fantasy points. Uh, he catches the ball a lot. And again, we're probably going to see that too with Trubisky and Pickett. A lot of dump-offs when they don't see something downfield. They're going to be doing a lot of two-read sets. So it'll be one read, second read. If they're not there, boom, dump it down to Najee. So I like Najee a lot. He's super safe. I don't think he's going to be very efficient because I don't think this offense can be very efficient. But he's going to put up fantasy points. And wide receivers, you just got to sit wait and if the value's there take them but aside from that absolutely no reaching on this Steelers uh, wide receiver wide receiver room yeah um Steelers yeah I would agree like the the receiving room is not very interesting for redraft at least um and I, I guess we did talk about Pickens on Tuesday um I heard a funny quote on Twitter yesterday uh that he's Martavis Bryant without a reliable plug so that's what they're comparing George Pickens to. Um, but, you know, it's we'll, we'll see. Like, I don't know. It's just it's such a weird team uh, to look at. I, I'm not very high on Najee um, just because I don't think that he's going to have all like those receptions this year. I think it's going to have a huge cut in half almost. Um, he had about 95 targets off the top of my head, I think, for about 80 catches last year, which is absurd. And he had 300, 300 rushes, I think, like on the dot almost. Like that's just absurd usage. And for a guy that's a second-year NFL player who's 24, I just – it's just it all kind of leads to an injury coming. I know I know you can't predict it, but 
I, I just don't know if I would take him in that range. There's other guys at that end of the first, second round that I really like more than him. And for me, it's just, I just don't really think he's that efficient of a runner. He's kind of just a bruiser. And I, I just don't see him being that guy to break off for huge runs like Taylor, uh, like Dalvin Cook, like those guys, those burners. I don't see him doing that. And I don't see him being nearly as efficient as Joe Mixon this year. So if it came down to it, I would take Joe Mixon every time. Uh, guys like Diggs is in that area too. I'm going to take Diggs over him too. So I'm not like low on him per se, but I, I wouldn't say I'm very high on him. And that also does come down to the quarterback room. You look at Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, Kenny Pickett, like these aren't good names. They haven't really figured it out yet. Like we said on Tuesday, it's seemingly going to be Mitch Trubisky week one. Um, we'll see in preseason that which quarterback kind of looks the best, but then again, it's preseason. So it doesn't mean anything. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, they're going to give it to the guy that's actually started multiple seasons in NFL and that's Trubisky. Um, whether he's good or not, we'll have to wait and see, but uh, I would agree with you, Deontay. I, I wouldn't take him out as ADP, but if he slides, you kind of take that value. I think he's end of the end of fourth or sorry, end of third, middle of the fourth kind of thing. That's his ADP. So if you're at that one, two, three spot and he and like makes it to you there for the four or five turn, uh, yeah, I, I would say go for it, but I wouldn't reach or pick him out as ADP. There's guys like DJ Moore that I'd rather take. I'd rather take McLaurin. Um, like you said earlier, I'd rather take Cooper. So there's guys there, and I just I, I'm kind of just unsure with this team. Um, <laughs> these guys in the Browns, when we get to our standing prediction, that I just I don't really know, but. Um, and as far as tight ends room, like I know you didn't really talk about him, but would you consider taking Freermuth this year? Uh, yeah. If I'm kind of punting on tight end, I'm I'm going to be looking to grab two upside guys, and I do have Freermuth at a tight end fourteen right now. So he would be mm-hmm. kind of right in that area where maybe I go and grab uh, him and Dawson Knox, or him and Cole Komet, him and Gerald Everett, that kind of combo. Um, that would, would kind of be what I'd be looking at with him. But I think we got to move on here, Mikey, because we got one more team that, that I think has a lot of uh, analysis to be done on, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. So we got the departure of Hollywood Brown. That is a whole lot of targets being vacated from this offense. So Hollywood Brown's out. Mark Andrews, I think, last year had an unsustainable amount of target share. So I think that opens up a lot of targets for Mr. Rashad Bateman. And this was a guy that I got really high on last year uh, after the draft, uh, the combine, sorry, the NFL combine. I had him as my wide receiver four last year after Chase, Waddle, and Devonta Smith. So this guy was a legit prospect coming in, battled some injuries. He's got some length. He's six foot, six foot two. He's got a whole lot of speed. And I think he's got a lot better hands than Hollywood Brown. So I'm high on Rashad Bateman. There's so many targets for him to go get. I don't think this offense is going to throw as much as last season with Dobbins coming back. But who knows? Because Gus Edwards is still out. Mike Davis is there and maybe take some carries. I think we're going to see a little bit of a hybrid. They're not going to be throwing as much as they were last year, but they won't be running as much as the year before that. So we're going to see something kind of in the middle. But I still see Rashad Bateman getting 120 targets this season. And I think that's all he's going to need to produce. Uh, if right now someone told you Bateman was going to have 70 catches for 950 yards and six touchdowns, that's a great season. And I think that's 
definitely within the realm of possibilities for Rashad Bateman this year. Uh, he's obviously one of the biggest breakouts uh, candidates this year at wide receiver. Definitely risky because we really haven't seen much of him in the NFL. And even in college, we saw him play at a very small school. So Bateman's a guy I like. Huge bust potential, but huge breakout potential. Um, I, I like where he's going, though. He's he's a great value right now. And then you go to that guy I just mentioned, J.K. Dobbins. So this is a guy, I I like him as a player, but not particularly for fantasy. Um, the reason being, I just don't see him having the upside due to the last the lack of pass catching that I think he's going to get in this offense. That caps him big time. And we also have him just coming off of injury. So I get he's back and he's healthy. I love him for Dynasty. And I'm going to be all over Dobbins next season. But I just don't think this is going to be it. This isn't going to be his year. He's he's one year away still. This is going to be him getting to the NFL, warming up a little bit more. Next year will be Dobbins' breakout. This year he's going to be solid. He's going to be fine. He's going to be a, a great RB2. He's going to get most of the goal line work, I would imagine, for this team, which it's a high-powered offense. I can see them scoring a lot. So Dobbins is a guy I like, but we're one year off of his breakout. And then the one man that can kind of vulture those uh, those goal line carries, Mr. Lamar Jackson, he's been so solid for fantasy ever since he took over. It, there, I don't know if there's really been anyone more consistent than him. Obviously, there's Josh Allen, who's been great. Um, but for just pure consistency, since Lamar has entered the league, his rushing attack gives him such a baseline. Even games where they're they're not passing the ball well, he seems to always just get that 20-point mark. So Lamar Jackson is a guy I love. I think the novelty of him has kind of worn off, so we're starting to get him at more reasonable ADPs. After that massive season, he was just way overhyped. People thought he was something that he just wasn't. But now that everyone's kind of chilled out on Lamar, just looking at him for who he is, he's a great quarterback for fantasy purposes. I think you're crazy if you don't have him in your top six, just due to that floor. He's as safe as it can get. Um, he kind of reminds me, it player-wise, just complete opposite. But for fantasy production, it reminds me a lot of prime Drew Brees. When he when Breeze was in his prime, it was just 20 points, 20 points, 22 points, 25 points, and then that odd 45-point game. And obviously, Lamar is getting to those point totals a whole lot different than Drew Brees did, but that's just kind of what it reminds me of in terms of production. Super consistent with those odd games that he just goes off and wins you a week. So he's a guy I love. But aside from uh, from those three, the only other guy on this offense worth looking at to me is Mark Andrews. I don't think he's going to get the targets he did last year, but I don't think he needs to. He's still the tight end two, and there's a large gap between him and the tight end three. Mark Andrews is a great value. He's always going to be Lamar's favorite in this offense, and he's super safe. So he's a guy I love. I don't love where you have to take him right now unless you're in a tight end premium, but Mark Andrews is a solid tight end, and outside of Kelsey, you can't get any any safer than him. Yeah, I mean, you covered it really well. Like. And me and you are both pretty high on Bateman, per se. He just has to stay healthy, you know? Like, last year he only started in four games, and he played in 12. But he, he has to be out there for this full season to really kind of break out in fantasy. And I just – I want to be this year. I really like him at where his value is. Um, It's just 
but it's really appealing to me and, and we'll have to see like we can't speak into injuries like we said but the guys around him there are guys there that like though like he's at wide receiver 35 um chase Edmonds is there uh Devontae smith is there um but besides that like there's guys like hunter renfro uh rashad penny like these guys i'm not going to take over the upside abatement so it's it's appealing for sure, but he just has to stay healthy for a full year. And as far as Dobbins goes, I agree with you. Um, I feel like it's going to be a Barkley kind of 2.0 year for him where he's just kind of going to be not his full self. He he needs a full off season to fully like, he, I know he is fully recovered, but um, he's just now starting. And I, I don't think that he'll get up in time to really get going this year. And I think he'll be battling soreness all year. Um, but at where he's being drafted, uh, he's being drafted about 50, 52nd spot at RB24. And guys above him, Elijah Mitchell, A.J. Dillon's right below him. Uh, I'm going to take Dobbins there, I would say. Um, obviously, unless you have Aaron Jones, where you sort of have to take that pick there and lock up that Green Bay running back room. Uh, but besides that, like you, you covered Baltimore very well. Um, yeah, like with, with Mark Andrews, I, I don't really see what he did last year, not per se changing, but um, he's going to be a top two tight end, in my opinion. Uh, it's going to be the battle between him and Kelsey. So, um, but as far as that goes, I think that covers it pretty well. Um, so that's the AFC North preview. So um, I'll start with my uh, preview for the standings, and then I'll just slide over to Mace. Um, no surprise here. I got Bengals one, Ravens two, hot take. I have the Browns at three off their defense alone. And then I have Pittsburgh at four. Mace? I, I can't get behind that. I can't get behind that. I've got, I've got uh, Bengals one, Ravens two. But for me, I'm saying Steelers at three because of their defense. Uh, I think they've got difference makers on the defensive side that the Browns don't have in terms of pass rush. So that's kind of the, the tiebreaker for me. Both offenses suck. Both teams suck. Neither making playoffs, but uh, I, I take Steelers over Browns this year in terms of record. Um, but that's what's going to do it here, boys. Uh, AFC North wrapped up. Only division we got left is the AFC South. A little bit of a boring one on the surface, but uh, some some exciting fantasy content, some exciting fantasy implications coming out of that division. So we look forward to that. That'll be out next Tuesday. And then we will be moving into our draft strategy videos. So really excited to get into those. Once again, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to Episode 7 of 5050 Fantasy Football. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Have yourself a great day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 